After coaching thousands of people, what are the real reasons most never become successful? Stay tuned and find out. Okay, here's the question. How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. My name is Tracy Brinkman. Welcome back to your weekly dose of fast cars and real reasons for success learning. I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman, and you, well, that's infinitely more important. You are a driven entrepreneur, and you are here because you are ready to start, restart, kickstart, or just start leveling up with some great marketing personal or business results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. Yeah, another big interview episode today. Today, Peter Beatty shares what started him on his entrepreneurial journey at the age of 15. He shares the ups and downs along that path and the real reasons most people do not become successful. Plus, I'm going to let you in on next week's interview guest, who's one of the most sought after business coaches for lead generation on the West Coast. As per usual, the Dark Horse Corrals are chock full of personal business and marketing. G-O-L-D spilling from every corner of the Dark Horse Entrepreneur. So let's get to the starting gates and go. Today's guest is Peter Beatty, and Peter has been in the online game for well over a decade now, and while we all would consider him a success today, he has had to go through that hero's journey to reach that success. You see, Peter, he got that entrepreneurial bug back when he was 15 years old, and well, you know, life gets in the way, and he really didn't get a chance to start chasing it, or maybe he had the chance, but he just didn't choose to really start going after it till much later in life. And even then, it wasn't until he jumped off that entrepreneurial cliff that he'd really spread his wings of success to the point of making six figures, I believe it was starting in 2011, and seven figures in 2015. And even then, you know what? I don't want to steal all his storytelling thunder. So let's just welcome him to the show. All right. So I just want to obviously take a warm welcome to the show, to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur, to my friend, Peter Beatty. Peter, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing well, Tracy. I, I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and, and hanging out with us for a while. But you know, right, like I was just telling you a little bit ago, I really just want to step back from the mic and let you tell your story, You know, you know, where you've been, the things you've gone through to get there, where you're at now, and why you love doing what you do so much. I mean, basically what I do right now, just to kind of sum it up, I mean, in the simplest terms is, you know, at the core of it, I guess I'm a copywriter, you know, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, basically what I do mostly now is, is I kind of try to implement that or implant that skill into others. So I basically am a coach and um, that's basically what I'm doing now. And, you know, basically how it all started, I guess, I guess the easiest way to start, I mean, is just tell you how it all started. Um, Let's go. I mean, I can go back as, I mean, how far, how far back do you want me to start? As far back as you're uncomfortable with. I know, uh, I know you shared some, some uh, tidbits, how you came through some uh, adversities as a, as a youngster. I'm sure that probably had something uh, impacted your, your life choices and uh, your success or, or, or lack thereof, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's a good question. So, so yeah. So right now, like, I guess you could say, I mean, some people would kind of look and 
say that I've been successful in online marketing. You know, mm-hmm. you know, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I've been doing this for about 11 years now, full time since I quit my job. Um, but you know, most you know most people don't talk about the the bad stuff, the struggles. I guess like we were talking about before the show, right? And you know, I guess it started out. I mean, when I when I was a little kid, I guess I always used to be like kind of that shy, quiet uh, kid. Didn't really have many friends in school. Always super creative though. Like I'd always be drawing stuff, kind of hanging out, hanging out in my bedroom by myself. I guess you could say. <laughs> um, you know, got picked on stuff like that. Um, you know, got, you know, beat up, you know, not to be like a, a poor me story, but that's how it was. Right. Um, just a shy, quiet kid. Never really could connect with other human beings for some reason. Um, you know, as I got older, um, I'm trying, I'm kind of struggling on, on what to actually, on where to actually take this, to be honest with you. But that's all right. I guess like in the beginning, yeah, man, I'm kind of struggling where to take this. Uh, <laughs> you might want to edit this out. Um, I, did, I, sh- I should have took like five minutes to like gathered my thoughts. Um, such an open-ended question, you know what I mean? It is, it is. Well, I, I know you shared you shared your tidbits in here that obviously you had, uh, not obviously, but you ha- you had a, a father that had some issues um, and there was an, uh, some okay, yeah, okay. in there. I know where I'm going now. Okay. okay. All right. So, so basically, as a young kid, like I was saying, I was always the shy, quiet kid, okay? Um, didn't really have friends. So I spent a lot of time in like basically my room by myself, drawing mm-hmm. pictures, like watching, you know, videos of like cars, things like that. That's kind of mm-hmm. how I was really. And, um, you know, my, my father wasn't really around early on in my life. I mean, he was a, a drug addict and an alcoholic. And you know, although I saw him on the weekends, I didn't really, he wasn't really that involved in my life. So I had a lot of like different stepdads and things like that. They were all pretty much losers for lack of a better term. <laughs> Not good role models. But for some reason, you know, I always had this like desire to, that I want to do something big with my life, something more, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, we lived in like trailer parks, things like that. You know, we weren't dirt poor, but we were, I guess you could say, you know, we didn't have much money. So anyways, as I got into my teens, um, there was actually a period, period where my uh, dad had become like sober. He was going to like AA meetings and stuff. And I would go to the AA meetings with him. And after one of the meetings, you know, something happened that really kind of set my life on the course that it is now. Um, you know, after one of the meetings, one of his friends came over who's also an addict. He just so happened to be a functioning drug addict, meaning he had a business. He had a successful landscaping business and he had like, um, he had like some fast cars and things like that. And he drove one of the cars to the meeting. It was a Mazda RX-7. Mm. And after the meeting, he came over and he started talking to my dad and, you know, as his friend and he had this, you know, shiny black sports car. Um, he ended up giving me a ride in that car back to, you know, the place where my dad was staying. I was 15 years old at the time. I was very impressed with, with the car, obviously. I'm like, you know, I really want to be able to afford something like this someday. You know, what does, you know, Mike, my dad's friend's name was Mike. You know, what does Mike do for work? I asked my dad and he said, well, he owns a business. And from that point forward, I was like, all right, I want to own fast cars. I want to, you know, I want to make lots of money. Therefore, I need to start a business like Mike. <laughs> and from there, that's, you know, I was 15. I was like, all right, I want to start a business someday. But I obviously I had no idea what. And then from there, I, you know, about a year later, my dad actually passed away from a drug overdose. Mm. Um, he kind of relapsed, was living in a homeless shelter, and he actually passed away. And from there, 
I don't, it just kind of fueled my fire more. I was like, all right, I don't want to be anything like my dad. I want to be the opposite of him. I want to be successful. And that just kind of fueled my fire further to do something big with my life. But when I got out of high school, you know, I, I took the typical path that like most people, you know, I went to college. I right. didn't really, I had no business experience. You know, I listened to my family. They were like, oh, you're good at drawing. Um, you know, you like houses. So go study to be an architect. Uh-huh. That's exactly what I did. They meant well, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know where you want me to take the story from here, but you know, basically, you know, I went down the typical path at that point. You know, I, I worked construction for a while while I was mm-hmm. going to school, went to college, ended up getting a job in architecture and um, was really happy to get that job at first, making like 35, 40 grand a year, happy to be, you know, not outside working construction. But after like five years into it, I would say three to five years into it, I came across, you know, I started to desire bigger things. I was like, you know, what happened to my dream of being a business owner? What happened to my right. dream of doing something bigger? And I started looking at all the people around me in the architecture firm I worked at. They were miserable, you know, guys in their 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s, completely miserable. And I just kind of saw my future if I didn't do something about it. Yes. And, uh, you know, like most of us, I just went online and I Googled like how to start a business, how to make money online. And um, that kind of kicked off, you know, another, another journey in my life, I guess. I don't know if you want me to stop there for a while. No, no, that's good. You got the entrepreneurial bug at that point, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I started searching like, you know, how to start a business. Well, and then, you know, I I read, you know, start a business on something that you're passionate in, you know, obviously I was passionate at cars. So I was like, all right, I got to start a business in something to do with cars. Um, So I started an auto detailing business. I spent months actually planning the business, doing market research. You know, I'd never been trained in any of this stuff before, but naturally, I guess I just knew what to do. You know, I just started doing market research, uh, figuring out what competitors were doing. I ended Mm -hmm. up learning how to build a website, you know, hand coded it from scratch with Dreamweaver. Nice. You know, built business cards. I spent like literally six months building, preparing this business, bought tons of equipment on eBay. I went out and I started detailing cars, got my first client. And on the first day on the job, I was like, you know, this is definitely not what I want to do. I don't want to be like scraping melted M&Ms off of like soccer moms, <laughs> the back of soccer moms <laughs> minivans, you know? Amen. I hear you there. <laughs> and um, what I actually had figured out is that... Uh, it wasn't actually, you know, an auto detailing business that I needed, that I wanted to start. You know, what I was actually good at was the marketing. Mm-hmm. And that kind of got me on the path of internet marketing. Um, and geez, I'm trying to think. Started selling things online shortly after, selling motorcycle parts in my spare time. I actually started an exhaust shop out of my aunt's garage, <laughs> hand making exhausts for motorcycles, selling them on eBay. Nice. I made a little bit of everything. You're, you could almost say you were a, a, a serial preneur at that time, right? Yeah, I guess you could say, yeah. I'm making a little bit of side money. So holding down the job at the architecture firm. And yeah, I just dabbled in it like most people do, you know, like from, I would say from 2006 to 2009, I just dabbled. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, you're, you're, you're an architect. You're, you know, you're doing this 35, 40K. You're like, oh, I, this is not where I want to go. Looking at the, uh, the older gentlemen around you, uh, you're probably with the paunch bellies and rosy cheeks. And uh, you're, you're dabbling around in the, uh, in the business arena. Where did you finally stumble upon 
success. I mean, and, and when I say where, I guess that let's go two directions. One, what helped you break through? And then where was that breakthrough at? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So as I said, I, well, first of all, I wasn't even an architect. I was still, I was actually an architectural designer. Ah, so okay. I was kind of the right hand man to an architect. The plan was to become an architect till I found out how, you know, how much it actually sucked. But, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, you know, I dabbled, you know, selling things on eBay. I mean, probably making an extra, maybe like say five grand a year or something, you know? Okay. Right. Um, and I never really, I never actually, you know, it was always that desire, like, well, I want to do this full time someday. I want to be able to leave my job and do this full time. But it was never something that I really actually sat down and thought was possible. You know, I was, I had a girlfriend at the time who totally didn't believe in me. Um, she would actually, you know, make fun of some of the dreams that I had. You know, I'd be shopping for like Porsches online. <laughs> like I'm going to own this car someday. And she'd be like, ah, well, you know, you should come back down to reality and stuff like that. She look over here at the Toyota, right? <laughs> right, right. Come over, or come to my family's house and have a beer with me and sit around the fire. And I'm right. Like, and that's just kind of the, the environment I was in, you know, mm -hmm. nobody starting a business, especially an online business back then. I mean, you were just a weirdo to even think that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so long story short, you know, I just dabbled until 2009 came and, you know, within the space of like, I want to say like two months, you know, everything changed. Like, you know, the economy, we're in the middle of the housing collapse, mm -hmm. you know, the financial recession there, whatever, back in 08, 09. Yep. So we're in July, um, 2009, me and that girlfriend had bought our first house together. I was working on my business. Here I am coming home from work, working on my websites that aren't making much money. And I'm like, you know, someday I'm going to make us a bunch of money. I promise. And she's like, well, why don't you hang out with me? You know, come to my family, hang out. You know, you're wasting a lot of time on this business. Long story short, we, that caused a lot of arguments between us. Mm. Um, and I didn't know it at the time, but, you know, a month or two after we bought our house, she'd actually started cheating on me with some guy uh, from her work. Mm. Um, no, she felt neglected, you know, and I don't blame her, sure. but so basically one day she woke up, left, you know, being like 24 years old at the time, I fell into like a, a deep depression, I guess you could call it for about a week or two, cried, you know, called out of work, stayed home, started smoking cigarettes. I mean, I was a wreck. I showed up to work about a week or two later and I'd use some of my vacation time to stay home and kind of deal with the breakup. Sure. I uh, went back to work about a week or two later and uh, my boss told me that, hey, you know, while you were gone, we had to lay a bunch of people off because of the economy. You know, nobody's building houses right now, so no works for architects. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not going to lay you off right now, but we're going to cut down your hours by 20%. So, you know, you're going to be laid off soon. <laughs> so, at that point, I was like, whoa, okay, my girlfriend's income is gone. Um, I'm already barely able to pay the bills. Now I'm getting a 20% cut in pay. Mm -hmm. So I got to do something. And that's why I decided to kind of take everything I've been dabbling in and just kind of go full time with it. So really what, you know, to answer your question, I'd already know, I already knew what to do. I just did, I had a safety net at the job. Mm, yeah. There, there was no pain that I was trying to move away from. There was no, you know, I had a safety net. So when I finally realized I had to do something or I was going to, you know, run out of money, that's when I finally got the courage to be like, all right, you know, I'm leaving this job tomorrow. 
and I'm going full time. That's what I did. Yeah, he just jumped into the deep end of the pool, it sounds like. Yep, uh, you know, burn the bridges. I literally walked into the office late at night when no one was there, wrote my resignation email, and uh, told them what I was doing and left my key and just left. Wow. Well, that's, that's one tactic. I think most people would be afraid of that tactic, but it's definitely, uh, definitely an, uh, a way to go for sure. Now, when it comes to, when it comes to uh, starting a business, and I think more specifically, we, we can stay in the online arena. It seems like you've got the, the, the expertise at. Um, I know you, you and I have been tack- uh, chatting about that. Uh, I know you've coached lots and lots of people. And I think it's even thousands of folks. Why are so many folks out there that are struggling, even like you, you were talking about dabbling and what have you, are, are, why are all those people not successful? Well, what I have found, and again, like, like you said, you know, I, have, I have coached thousands of entrepreneurs. You know, that's kind of what I do now. You know, I start to notice trends. And, and you know, what I've noticed is most people just have that safety net. You know, they don't have a big enough reason to actually you know, make this work. They have an existing job that's kind of paying the bills, kind of just getting them by. Right. They desire more, right? They have goals, dreams, ambitions. They want to do things, but they can't actually bring themselves to do it because the, you know, the level of pain is not big enough to actually push them there. Mm. So human beings, what I've learned is human beings are more motivated to move away from pain versus moving towards gain. So I would say that's the number one thing is that most people are, they have a safety net. They're not, you know, they don't jump off the deep end. Um, And I've noticed, you know, myself, whenever I want to make myself do something, I burn all the boats. I I burn all the bridges. Mm -hmm. Because then that leaves me absolutely zero option. I have to succeed or, you know, who knows what will happen. Right. (laughs) You'd be out there on the street, right? Right. So uh, I think, and... um, I don't want to get into the to the weeds of the the varying shiny objects objects that are out there, but mm-hmm. I think there's a, probably a lot of folks and, and correct me if I'm wrong here uh, that are out there saying, "Well, I, I'm working at this, you know, I'm I'm trudging at this hard every day, and I'm using this that tool and that tool, and you know, I'm I'm watching these videos and those videos, and I'm trying this and I'm trying that. What's what do you think might be their issues and and from your experience, obviously. Yeah, I mean, well, number one, it starts with not a high enough level of pain, mm-hmm. okay? Um, that's usually the start of it. Um, but then we also have to understand, like, you know, what the human brain is and how it actually functions. You know, the human brain wants to take the, it always wants to take the path of least resistance, whatever's easiest to get that dopamine hit. Sure. You know, like, you know, picking up your phone, looking on Facebook, seeing what comments you got today, looking at pictures. Those are all little shots of, of dopamine. Makes you feel good for, for an instance, like eating a cookie or something, you yeah. know. The brain, um, you know, desires that. It craves it. And once you start, you know, once the brain learns that it can get that dopamine hit with something that's very easy to get, it's going to desire more of that thing. And yeah. it creates a real addiction. My dad, I mentioned earlier, he was addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, it was literally took over his life to the point where he, you know, he, ruined, he, did, he basically let his whole family go because of it. You know, obviously with people who want to start a business, they're doing something similar. You know, like they'll, their brains get addicted to the idea of, oh, what's this over here? You mm-hmm. know, 
it's the path of least resistance. Buying that product is almost like fixes, it's almost like the solution in their mind. Like, oh, I want to start a business. This person over here has a course that is new. I've never seen before. It has a new feature, a new, you know, whatever that they're promising me. I've never heard this before. Maybe this is the one. So the yep. brain sees that and it's like, yep, this is it. Get it. You have to get it. They buy it. And then the site, and you know, they get in, they might go through a few of the videos, maybe take a little bit of action. But at that first sign of resistance, what I have found is that 95% of people give up at the first sign of resistance. It actually, I lose sleep over that. And that's where I can get into, you know, people not understanding the principles of success. You know, I find that most people come into my programs or even my friends who are coaches, mm-hmm. you know, you tell someone to do something that they've never done before, you know, like set up an ad campaign or write a headline. You can tell them exactly what to do. You can help them do it. You can look over their shoulder and tell them, you know, exactly what to do and review all the work. But if they launch that ad, for example, a Facebook ad, and it doesn't convert out of the gate, they give up, you know, Mm -hmm. when really that's just the world telling them that, hey, you need to tweak something. Right. So, and then, then the brain's going, well, this is obviously not giving my dopamine hit. This is hard. Therefore, let's go look for something else. And that's where the shiny object syndrome literally is. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, uh, I think you're right. I think so many folks out there, they look at it as failure, right? You know, that ad, they, hey, they do all the exercise. You're looking over their shoulder. They, then they put that, they hit the publish and it gets approved and they get, you know, crickets. Uh, they look at that as failure when it's really like you're saying, because what I'm hearing you saying is it's feedback. Okay, mm. well, that one doesn't work. Let me tweak this and try it again, right? Exactly. And, and you know, the industry that we're in, you know, most of us are probably going to be in, uh, you know, some sort of online marketing or online business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would assume. And the good thing about this is it's actually easier. You know, we can literally track everything, you know, in a spreadsheet. We can literally, you know, know all the metrics on our business. Like say if you're running an ad campaign, for example, you know, you know, there's going to be an ad. There is going to be, you know, say a landing page, you know, maybe a thank you page. If you launch an ad and it doesn't work, doesn't mean the whole system is broken, right? You can right. simply look at the numbers and be like, oh, okay, I see. You know, you know, my ad's got, you know, a great click-through rate, but, you know, I'm paying, you know, too much, you know, for my leads. So, that means that I need to increase the opt-in rate on my landing page. Okay. So, to increase the opt-in on my landing page, what do I need to do? Right. So, we can actually pinpoint problems like you were saying. Yeah, no, absolutely. You can you can zero in, and I think that's where some folks uh, have some enjoyment. I know I geek on that kind of stuff. So when though when I start getting data, I'm like, oh, okay, here's here's where I need to step on the gas, or or pull back, or tweak, or modify, or or test. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So it's all about that that it's all about that dopamine hit, right? Whether it's drugs or whether it's uh, you know getting out there and 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 crunching away at your business. Now I know you. I've been. I've been in and out of your world online the better part of a decade. I know the last time we chatted a, a, a couple of months ago, I, I mentioned one of the products I bought from you. You're like, oh, wow, that's, that's way back. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I, I know you've seen success in, in the online space. I mean, six and seven figure success levels, yes? Yes. And everything went great from then on, right? You're now listening to-, to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. No. Uh, I wish I could say that, but yeah, <laughs> you know how it is. No, and, and, and that's real world, right? I mean, we see success and then something happens. 
Yeah. I mean, if you ever, again, you know, going back to like, you know, it's, it's human nature. It's the human experience. You know, like you watch a movie, you watch a TV show, like that character, you know, every, every movie follows something called the hero's journey. Right. You know, you know what, you know what that is? Like, you I know, do. yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Share. And, and the reason why like us humans and you know, why we get drawn into movies and things like that is because, you know, our brains, it's literally like the, the source code of our, of our brains, I guess you could say, you know, mm-hmm. our brain understands the human journey. Right. And the human journey is, you know, we were living our normal lives. We get a call to adventure. We go out, we, we have doubts, fears, uncertainties about being able to conquer that, you know, conquer that adventure, whatever it is. We meet a mentor along the way. We make some progress. We have a little bit of success and then we get some adversity, right? We might have a little failure. And then, you know, there's another big, you know, obstacle that we have to face to really kind of reach the big success and kind of mm-hmm. come back to, you know, uh, I think they call it atonement, you know, coming back to right. normal life as that new person with that newfound wisdom. And, and so you'll find like with entrepreneurs, what I have found is, you know, their lives follow that same path, you know, mm-hmm. like they'll have a little bit of success initially. And then that success will actually, you know, there's something within that success that will actually highlight one of their weaknesses mm-hmm. and that will allow them to fail in a way that they didn't expect. And then they will fail. And then through that failure, they kind of hit rock bottom again. And then they actually have to act, you know, take the lesson from that to kind of rebuild. And then from there, you know, the success is usually much bigger because they're, they're wiser, smarter, more experienced. I mean, you can look at all entrepreneurs. I mean, there's some sort of story like that, and there's a reason for that. Right. No, and it, it's true. And I think one of the, one of the keys of that is uh, as you go through that, that hero's journey, when you hit that wall or, or experience that, that rock bottom, uh, whatever analogy you want to give to it, it's yep. looking back to learn the lesson. And, and they've put those at that movies too for those folks that don't take the time to, to learn that lesson. Well, then the movie goes down a path of failure until yeah. they take the time to look back. And, and I think, you know, while we're talking movies, it's certainly life is the same way. You'll keep repeating the same wall hits or rock bottom uh, face plants until you turn around and say, oh, crap. I, I need to learn that lesson. You know, the writing's mm-hmm. on the wall. All I got to do is stop and read it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, and, you know, I know you asked me originally what happened to me. Um, I can definitely get into that if you want me to, but what you just said right there, that is another thing that I've noticed that keeps people, keeps people stuck is they, can I swear on this podcast? Go right ahead. <laughs> okay. They're, they're too afraid to look at their own shit. Right. You know, like they're too afraid um, or it's too painful to actually look at, wow, I'm actually, I need to grow in this area. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they're not mature enough to take criticism, you know, not personally, you know, they take everything you know, personally um, and, and they're affected a lot easier by their emotions. Right. And so to be successful as an entrepreneur, you kind of have to, again, look at everything objectively, you know, like I'm getting feedback. I need to improve in this area. You know, I'm not very good at you know, copywriting, for example, instead of finding out how much I suck at copywriting and getting anxiety about it and thinking I'm a failure and a piece of shit. Instead, let me just do my best, run some ads and fail so that I can see exactly what I need to improve on right. to actually get good. Right. 
Uh, I, I forget who it is that said that, but that's called failing faster, isn't it? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. yeah right? Yeah, and, and, there's the, and there's the other thing. I think a lot of folks, uh, when they get out there, um, they'll, they'll hit that first wall or, or there's the other side where those other ones are like, okay, well, that's just one thing. Let me go try this. And they keep and they keep and they keep. Um, what do you think might be separating those two groups of people? I mean, there's, there's some folks that are just like, I'm going to do this. Is it that that pain, that pleasure pain principle you mentioned, or the burning bridge, or just something innately inside them? I think I think we all have it inside of us, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I like really personally myself. You know, like personally myself, I've always been like afraid of things. You know, right. like you know, I don't want to do this. I'm afraid. You know, so what I have found is if you just jump off the deep end, well, now you're you backed yourself against the wall and you have no choice but to really find out who you are. So most people are too afraid to jump off the deep end. So they never actually find out who they truly are. So, you know, really, I think a hack to becoming successful is literally like jumping off the deep end, putting yourself in a spot where if I don't figure this out, man, I mean, my family is going to go without food. Right. Now that might sound extreme, but for me personally, that's the only way that I can get success because I will procrastinate. I will overanalyze, overthink, um, and get to a point where I completely doubt myself on everything. Mm-hmm. And that happens, you know, I, I noticed that happens to a lot of people. But if yeah. you can just jump off, I mean, that is really when you find out who you are. So I don't really know. I think people are just afraid. No, that's, that's a good point. I know a friend of mine uh, uses the phrase, jump off the cliff and grow wings on the way down. Absolutely. That's, that pretty much says it right there, doesn't it? Yeah. All right. Now, I know you've had coaches in and out of your uh, life uh, along the, the timeline. Have they been integral or, just, or were they more just kind of learning and sounding boards for you? You know, I'll go back to when I left my job. You know, I thought you know, I jumped off the deep end. Mm-hmm. I had been building blogs and doing all the stuff on the side, but I never actually made really good money, right? I, I knew the technical side of things. I understood marketing and I'd made a little bit of money on the side. So I thought I was ready. Okay. But when I jumped off the deep end, I realized, wow, I actually don't know how to get clients. I actually don't know how to run a business and I'm actually not that productive because I have no boss kind of looking over me and telling me what to do. <laughs> so I actually struggled pretty badly that first year after I quit my job. Like mm-hmm. I had like eight to $10,000 in the bank at the time because I had, you know, I can get into this. That's a whole nother story, but I got a credit back from the government. Oh, nice. Uh, for buying my first home. Okay. So I had like eight to $10,000. I strategically quit my job when I got that um, credit, it kind of worked out. And then I basically within about six months or so, you know, I was pretty much broke. Mm-hmm. And that brought me to the warrior form. You know, I, I was actually making, I was making a little bit of money designing websites for local businesses. And I was going on the warrior form, which I know, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I saw these other marketers on there. They were actually teaching well, their methods online on how they were making money doing what we used to call offline marketing, right? You know, doing marketing for local businesses. I'm like, these guys over here are selling these products and, you know, I'm out here actually doing this and I'm not rich from it yet, but I am making money with it. I'm paying my bills. Let me see if I can put a product together and teach people this one method that I'd kind of got working on the side. 
and was making money with it. Making that product actually allowed me to meet my first mentor, uh, Jamie Garside, mm-hmm. who I mean, his company now is super successful. But back then he was just getting started. And I actually was a customer of his. I bought one of his courses and I said, hey, Jamie, you know, I'm thinking about releasing a course on this, you know, website flipping tactic that, you know, I'm having some success with teach to others. Would you check out the product? Let me know what you think. He checked it out and we ended up doing a joint venture together and he ended up becoming my mentor. Nice. He was an integral part of taking me to that next level because he gave me the confidence. He gave me the confidence in that he told me exactly what to do. You know, I didn't have to guess anymore. I mm-hmm. didn't have to try to figure it out by myself. You know, he just said, this guy was successful. And as soon as he came on, he said, hey, here's what you need to be focusing on. Forget all the other stuff. I had, you know, I had my first month where I made $10,000 for that very first month. And up there, from there, everything just changed. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, that's, those are the stories we like to hear towards the end of this, right? Hey, I did good stuff. <laughs> all right. So, um, I want to be mindful of your time. We've been just kind of chilling here. Um, So obviously, a lot of the folks that are listening to this are looking to, you know, start, restart, kickstart, or just start leveling up their business. If you could hand out a piece of advice to anyone considering getting into the online space or or even offline space, what tip or key tips would you say, here's where you've got to do first or don't forget this? Yeah, I mean, I would say first and foremost, um, you know, take a personality test, you know, stop buying courses and like software when you don't even have a business, <laughs> you know, like that drives me crazy. Um, so yeah, first of all, you know, stop buying stuff, go take a personality test, figure out what your Myers-Briggs personality type is. And that's going to tell you really how your mind is wired. And that's going to tell you how to really uh, harness your, the things that you're good at to build into a business. And mm. And then do what you need to do to back yourself into a corner. I know that's not sexy. If you continue to have a safety net, I mean, you're, you're just going to be that person that is saying someday I'll be successful, which is I was that person. So, so yeah, find out your personality type so you know how to you know, really leverage your natural strengths to experience success and know your, your, your weaknesses and your downfalls and you know, back yourself into a corner. <laughs> it's that simple. Jump off the cliff and start growing wings, he says. <laughs> Yeah, burn the boats. Burn the boats. Uh, okay, now uh, a top marketing tip for those guys that are already cashing checks. Yeah, it's funny. I was just you know reviewing one of my coaching students' uh, sales copy before this call. Right. I would say the biggest problem that I see people who have a business they're making money is you know they really don't do much to differentiate themselves from the competitors. So what I would say, you know, the number one thing that can really separate someone in a crowded marketplace, even an extremely competitive marketplace is, you know, really analyzing the marketplace from a Mm -hmm. high level, looking at the competitors, looking at what people are used to buying and understand the market sophistication level of your market, create something called a unique mechanism for your product. Um, That's really going to help set you apart. And um, that's, that's what I've been doing for the last decade. And you know, I, I've had success with that. Nice. Nice. I like it. Now, in, uh, um, in some of the information you shared ahead of time, you mentioned you had an offer to share with our listeners. Yeah, I mean, I can share that. I can't remember what we talked about, but I mean, but right now what my focus is, I've actually partnered with one of my students named Brian. You know, he started selling, setting up e-com stores for local businesses mm-hmm. during, the, during the pandemic. Uh, giving them the ability to sell their stuff online. And, you know, basically we've been teaching and coaching others on that model. 
um, getting them clients with that model and helping them set up e-com stores for local businesses and you know, charging four figures a month for that. And I don't know if we have a link set up, but it's called the local digital landlord. We've got a, we've got a webinar presentation on our website. Yeah, they can just go to agencycopilot.com. Oh, okay, I got that one. Good. All right, Peter, any final thoughts you want to make sure people are aware of when they're, when they're dealing with their, uh, their online world or whatever else, other than jumping off the cliff, I think? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I think we covered it, honestly. It's not, the truth is, the truth is not sexy. You know, everybody wants it to be sexy. Yeah. That's why weight loss pills and weight loss programs continue to sell when really it's a simple equation. Yeah. Eat less calories or, yeah, eat less calories than you burn. <laughs> there it is. And, and I, think that, I think you hit the nail right on the head. It's, I mean, it takes work and work is not always sexy. So that work comes to, and I, I really liked your tip about taking that personality test so that you can lean towards your strengths, which would make your resistance a lot less. That would be my assumption out of that. Um, and then, of course, you know, you mentioned, and I, I dug a little bit in here, in the coaching realm, obviously, right? So those folks can help guide you, uh, get you to avoid some of the potholes. So you'll get a little less resistance there. And then, like you said, jump off the cliff or jump right into the deep end and just rock and roll. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And learn sales and marketing. And learn sales and marketing. And that's, and that's key. I mean, and there's one of the things, uh, and I know we just, you just blushed over it real quick. I know you're a, a copywriter guy, but there's the, you know, there's, there's, there's folks that just, it resonates either sales or, or marketing, or some folks are more creative and some people are more operations. Again, this comes back to that personality test you mentioned. Uh, you, you find where your core strengths are, and then maybe, you don't have the the copywriting skills. Well, then go hook up with someone who does, right? Either J, either you know JV with them or figure something out, pay them, whatever. Uh, and rather than you know spending, don't go out there and just buy a course just to learn copywriting to put up a, a flipping web page. That's uh, that's more of the I think bright shiny object hitting you again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> we see all these entrepreneurs like and like being on stage speaking and stuff and. Truth is, we're not all extroverts. <laughs> right? Amen. Or you might be an extrovert and maybe you're not good at writing copy. Like, yeah, so take that personality test, 16personalities.com. All right, we'll make sure we get that, all those links in the show notes. Peter, I definitely appreciate your time today. I, 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 we, you shared some gems here and uh, I definitely want to say thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. All right, there you have it, my dark horse friends and family, Peter Beatty dropping a decade's worth of knowledge bombs on us today. Let me share with you about four thoughts I came away with. Thought number one. Now, Peter was inspired, well, was inspired at the age of 15 to start a business. And, you know, life gets in the way, right? It gets in the way of your dreams and your desires. And if you do not keep applying yourself, life will continue to get in the way. You could find yourself like Peter, drifting with the current, the current taking you from high school to construction, to college, to landing a decent job, uh, and just you just find yourself going with the flow. And if you do that, you'll find your dreams are going to be diluted by the water in that flow, right? You'll be lost to the current of that flow. So you are going to have to keep your dreams 
front and center if you want to buck that current. And of course, you're going to have to be get ready to knock around, get knocked around a little bit by the rocks as you buck that current. Now, luckily, Peter looked around at those that were older than him at his firm, and the majority of them were not living lives of happiness and fulfillment. Peter literally could see into the future via those around him, and he didn't like the future he saw. So he took control of his life. He took control of his dreams, starting like a few others by getting on Google and doing a how can I make money online search. Thought number two, is your level of pain high enough to keep pushing you toward your dreams? So often, I think that we all think that the pursuit of money or prestige or power will be enough to push us towards our dreams. And to some, you know, it is. Uh, to others, we're going to need a little bit of that pain. I mean, it's that whole carrot and stick mentality, right? Dangling that carrot in front of us will get us so far, right? Until we hit that first bit of resistance, that first wall, you know? And for some, you just need that stick to give you that, that additional push. So I guess the question becomes, what carrot do you need to drive you forward? And what stick do you need? More often than not, you're going to need both, right? Because if you focus on the carrot, it might not get you all the way. But if you remind yourself of the stick, right, and focus on that stick too, maybe, you know, like Peter did, you know, you can look at people that are 10 or 20 years ahead along the career path that you're traveling. And maybe that helps you look at them and say, hmm. Maybe that's not where I want to be here in 10 or 20 years, right? It gives you that push you need to jump off that entrepreneurial cliff and grow the business wings that you need on the way down. Now, you know, only you can really answer that question and only you can make that step. Only you can step off that cliff yourself, but you're going to have to decide. And I mean, truly decide or you're just going to keep playing, you know, with the frayed edges in your in this entrepreneurial game. And you'll probably just keep getting those ragged results as a result. Thought number three, where are you getting your dopamine hits from? Now, I'm willing to bet if you struggle with achieving the level of success, of success that you dream and desire, it's probably an external source, you know, like social media or the news or gosh, heaven forbid, things like porn, but it's all those external sources, right? I would challenge you to regain control by flipping it back to an internal source. I mean, you need to push to get those those dopamine hits um, from, from taking those steps you know you need to take to reach the goals you are dreaming to achieve, right? I mean, think about it. If you can get a dopamine hit from taking a step, uh, towards your your goal, right? Okay, now what happens when it doesn't work out the way you expected? Well, learn to get that dopamine hit from learning from that unexpected result, right? Get that dopamine hit from learning from those results. Now, take that and amplify it with another dopamine hit from figuring out how to make the tweaks that you need to make uh, to maybe get the results that are more positive, for uh, you know, into your favor and yet another hit from taking the action from all that learning and bam rinse and repeat uh, easy nah i'm not gonna lie it's not easy possible yeah 150 percent. you see people doing it all the time so why not you yeah and why not now and thought number four 
where are you in your hero's journey? Are you at the beginning and you, you've maybe you've heard that call to action, yeah? Uh, but you haven't seen your real first success. Uh, maybe you're at the threshold of between the known and the unknown, right? You're starting to go through your transformation, whether it's with or without the aid of mentors. Are you battling through the challenges and the temptations? Have you reached that abyss? That abyss where you're going to have to look up or look back or look inside yourself to find that real revelation that drives you into the real transformation that you're going to need to push you forward to finally push you towards that atonement, right? And back towards that return to the uh, the known where you can step into the known with those newfound skills and gifts. So really ask yourself, where are you? So you can honestly know what is ahead of you, right? So that you can prepare yourself for the, the what's the next step in your journey and the step after that. And I would highly recommend that you find yourself a mentor or a coach that can help you through this journey so that, you know, maybe if nothing else, they can help you through the journey faster, uh, help you go f- less down the abyss, help you reflect back into yourself a little easier, um, making the cycle faster so you can get through the journey faster and back to the wins that you're looking for. All right. What inspiring tips or ideas or thoughts resonated with you today? Whatever they were, take some time and put them into action. Seriously, you know, write them down. And tomorrow, today, you know, this week at the maximum, put them into action. Get out there, run your race, get your results, and let me hear about them, right? Email me, Tracy at DarkHorseSchooling.com and share the tips or ideas that you came away with how you put them into action, and what results you gain from them. I really want to hear your stories. Hey, maybe we'll even bring you on and let you share your story with the Dark Horse audience. All right, now, on our next episode, next interview episode, we're going to be talking to Angela Giles. Now, she's a self-made businesswoman, author, speaker, and consultant leading a people along their path of success. You're going to want to hear about her simple secrets for big results. Now, I know you want to keep getting these valuable tips and inspirational stories from the podcast and those I'm lucky enough to be uh, interviewing on here. So go on down there, hit that subscribe button while you're there, drop us a five-star rating, and write us up a quick review. You know, Tell us the good, the bad, and the ugly, what you like about our podcast, what you'd maybe like uh, us to, to delve deeper more into, where we haven't gone where we can boldly go, where no man has gone before. No, whatever information you'd like to hear, you know, write us some comments, all right? And I know you don't want to keep all this entrepreneurial G-O-L-D to yourself. So share this podcast with other entrepreneurs and business owners that you know would get value from it. And with that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.